1: If I didn't know any better, I would think this is less of a retelling of a church collapse and more getting a one-sided story and a bad divorce. Let's get into it. (laughs) Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my beautiful wife, Nikki. And today we are doing our review of episode seven of The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, the podcast put on by Christianity Today. So before we dive into this, honey, is there anything you would like to say?
0: Um, I don't have any prayer requests right now. Do you have any?
1: I hope that you guys, if you're listening to this show, that you are lifting up the members, especially the elders and the mm-hmm. pastors of Mars Hill seems to be some bad blood and maybe some unrepentance in -hmm. there, whether that's from Mark or the other elders, whoever it is. We just pray that you would bring these men back to a place of repentance and right standing with God and then just reconciliation between each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. So that is what we would ask you to pray for. Pray for us. We're going through a lot of big decisions in our life as well, so we could use some prayers and some clarity. There as well, but on to episode seven. So, episode seven is basically sort of looking at Mars Hill and the group of men that kind of helped make the church. Mm -hmm. The episode, kind of more than any episode up to this point, focuses on sort of the group that was with Mark in the early days of the church Mm -hmm. and kind of touches on what those early days were like and then sort of it shifts to kind of around like the 2007 timeframe and kind of when things began to change in Mark and the church as well and how he became more of like the focal point for the church and how mm. things kind of started to go awry. That was kind of how the episode seemed to make a switch there in the middle of the yeah. episode.
0: Listening so. to these episodes it is like, it's like a TV drama. Like you're listening and you're like, Oh, I bet. This is what's going on. Like you make all your guesses of why things are happening and mm-hmm. maybe something else is going on and but it's reality. Like it's not just like it's real and it involves God's people and you know, you can get caught up in being judgmental, I think, you know, and I just got to remember to pray. Uh, I know it's in the past, but people still are hurting, people are still confused. Um yeah. It's just a bunch of ugly stuff, and I just wonder, like, how how many other churches are going through?
1: Probably a lot. All,
0: and... all this,
1: but that is a big kudos to Christianity today. We have a lot of issues with this podcast, but the way it's produced and how engaging and entertaining we find it, they mm-hmm. definitely hit it out of the park there. So, well done to them on that. Mm-hmm. So, with this episode in particular, there's like so much in this episode like both of us, we could barely listen to the thing because we just kept putting pause so much to take down a note or try to write something down. And it got hard to even like figure out what was going on in the episode because you're like, oh, just this, I need to write this down. So (laughs) took a whole bunch of notes. And then when I actually started putting them together, I was like, I don't think we're going to get through much of these notes because there was just one gigantic takeaway that I had from this episode. Yeah, because
0: even comparing my notes to his, I was like, did you add this in there? No, talk about that. I'm like, this is too much.
1: It's yeah, it's a doors. lot. So definitely, if you haven't listened to this yet, please listen to it. It was a great episode. And if you have listened to it and you're just watching our review, maybe see what we have to say and then go give it a second listen mm-hmm. and see if what we're saying makes sense. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. we'd like to know where we're off base. Yeah. And also, if you're kind of joining us for the first time, um, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. And we have reviewed every episode thus far of. The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. You can find all those on the channel if you missed them. But uh, in the last episode, episode six, we sort of mentioned that from what we've heard so far, now we're, you know, we are six episodes in at that point. Uh, I believe that Mark Driscoll had his ministry basically stolen and sabotaged more so than he lost it personally from his own failings
2: mm-hmm.
1: and really nothing's changed both of our minds as far as I I understand how you think about this
0: I think you're still on the the same track I feel like I kind of go back and forth a little but then you tell me you'll point out something that I didn't catch and I'm like okay yeah maybe think I'm about the bad that. guy because
1: when we first started this Nikki would come and be like oh my god can you believe this, this? and I'm like well, hold on. If you look at it like this and you're like I didn't think about it. <laughs> it's like so I, I I might be as we uh I might be your executive pastor by the end of this if if you guys you'll see what I'm talking about by the end of this, but uh yeah, I think sabotage and stolen is what rings out in my mind and Nikki made this point earlier. Um, you were saying that kind of listening to this podcast it seems like the host Mike Cosper, like has something against Mark Driscoll.
0: Yeah, cuz he'll bring up something that makes sense that Mark says and try to twist it and make it seem like Mark is really saying something this or he really means that or his intentions are something else. I'm like, "Where are you getting that?" Like he's okay, it's bad enough Mark seems like, you know, he's got pride issues or whatever as the episodes go on but it's like you don't need to keep adding on more reasons for people to not like mark or, or think his heart is completely wicked it's just odd like when you're listening to christianity today's uh podcast on this just try to pay attention it just makes it seem like uh the host has something like personal against mark i don't know it's just weird that he does no, that it doesn't that's it's why unnecessary
1: that. so i tried to make the joke of like hearing about a bad divorce from one side because that's yeah it's kind of what it's like you know if you're getting a bad breakup story but just one person's point of view like he would never let me have any money because he just said I would blow it all the time you're like well would you you're like well yeah of course yeah. <laughs> okay well then maybe he was right that and that's like what Mark like he'll point things out about Mark Driscoll in sort of a negative light and we're listening and we're like yeah, Mark was spot on. Like, yeah, talking like, about, so. we
0: agree with that. That's biblical. Yeah, like, pretty you funny. disagree with something biblical.
1: So that's our bias. I mean, that's what we've understood. If we're you know, off base, let us know how you guys have taken it. But the first big point that I wanted to jot down, and really it's the point that I think it was the biggest point in this entire episode, and it wasn't presented that way. And what jumped out to me in this episode was Jamie Munson, He stood out to me big time in this episode. And there's two examples um, where Jamie Munson's mentioned as sort of being like instrumental. And it's early on after one of the elders sort of submits a request, some changes to the bylaws. And they say in this episode, Jamie calls him in for a meeting. And then the second is Jamie contacting those same elders for sort of like an impromptu meeting Mm -hmm. to try to get these bylaws. Signed because he says Mark wants him done before he gets back. And I mentioned earlier on and in the previous episode um, that I feel like Mark was sabotaged or sabotaged. And then from what I've heard, and then just sort of piecing some of this stuff together on my own, I feel like Jamie Munson is one of those saboteurs. And so far in this series um, we've heard two times where mark called people in to fire them and both both times the people that were called in to be fired one was early on it was the lady i can't remember her name jen smith or something
0: maybe yeah and
1: then in this episode episode seven there were two elders that were called in to be fired and both times they were sort of called into like a smaller office that was meant to sort of give off this intimidating vibe. And Mark was furious and Jamie Munson's there in both of them. The first one, it's just him and Mark. And then the second one, it's Mark, Jamie, and a couple other Mm
2: -hmm.
1: elders and stuff, but it's always Jamie's right there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we have this time where, you know, Jamie is trying to get some stuff done while Mark's gone. You know, he's like, he said, he wants to get some of the paperwork signed. And he says, you know, Mark wants to get it done before he gets back.
0: Did he say Mark wants it done? Or was he saying yeah. like, oh, no, okay. In
1: the episode, he's like, Mark wants to get it done. So basically, so he doesn't have to deal with it when he gets back. But that's never mentioned or like verified in this. They never say, yeah, here's a recording of Mark. It's just, that's Jamie saying, hey, he Mark wants this done.
0: Mark. Like yeah. whatever he says, they don't question.
1: So uh, it's just basically what Jamie says. So those were kind of the three instances and they're mentioned in all in these episodes but they're never really a focal point so we just were talking and looking and we we're like all right so who is this jamie munson guy you know he gets mentioned a lot in these episodes he's the executive pastor is what they say uh, but more importantly to us and i don't remember if they mentioned in the episode or if it was just me looking up jamie munson online i can't remember but he was the very first intern at mars hill back in 1999. So it was a very young church. The first intern they bring on is this Jamie Munson dude. And kind of just as we were discussing this and he was starting to stand out to us, we sort of got the vibe and it's something you see in movies a lot, you know, mm. kind of like the guy that's like whispering in the boss's ear, whoever like a CEO or something. And he's like
0: the trusted advisor, yeah, the trusted advisor yeah. that's
1: really trying to like climb the corporate ladder or like using the boss's influence for his own gain kind yeah. of a thing. And, you know, maybe he's telling him to do stuff that he doesn't want to yeah. do. Or that, you know like,
0: you've seen movies like that. You know. You can yeah. always... Who's the bad guy? The one who's closest and to That's the why character. the thumbnail
1: for this is that little devil on the shoulder, like, just whispering in your ear. And that's... Yeah. That's sort of... That's
0: kind of like when Mark started... I guess we just noticed he changed. He started being more harsh, more brutal just it's just odd like these elders just fired well one I think was let back on but um well anyway (laughs) well anyway they were fired on the spot and and it's just like they were there from the beginning when the church started and it's just like where's your heart where's your
1: yeah, and that's Love what it's for them. painted as this Mark is this heartless guy, but yeah. like and this is just speculation on our part, you know, they don't really go into Jamie Munson very much here. But it seems possible, you know, to me like when I'm looking at this Jamie sort of being this very first intern, he comes on and you know maybe he idolizes Mark. You know, they tell us all the time Mark is this super charismatic guy. People gravitate towards him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe like in my mind, it could it be Jamie sort of putting these ideas in his head as the years go on that like, there's people coming for his job, they want to take this church from him. Or, you know, hey, man, you're the reason for this church's success. He's this right hand man. You know, Mm -hmm. to me, like, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from this Jamie guy.
0: Right, because we have not heard that he said anything or like influenced his decisions, but it is weird, he's there. It's like start of him.
1: No, but it's just this idea that who Mark was when the church started in those first couple years, and then you see a change and you sort of couple this Jamie Munson guy with Jesse Bryan from the previous episode, the media director.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel, you know, like these guys more than any that they've talked about so far in this show, sort of preyed on who Mark was and his personality traits and Mm -hmm. sort of led him to a place that he didn't intend to go.
0: Right. Like the other guy, Jesse, put him on that media platform. That was never Mark's idea. He was never, that was never one of his goals. It was just presented to him. And he, maybe his weakness is that he trusts people way too much so that yeah. was to t- his downfall
1: because like you had mentioned kind of like this early church idea with these elders you know even in the oh, yeah in the episode and stuff like mark and these elders and stuff the ones that at least get interviewed in this show they will discuss in this episode what the governance policies and stuff were at the church in the early days mm-hmm. And even Mark Driscoll himself says in this that it was a leaderless church. Mm -hmm. And he goes on basically to say that he doesn't even like the idea or the terminology of a lead pastor. So like this young Mark Driscoll doesn't even want to identify someone as a lead pastor, which stood out to me because oddly enough, Mars Hill does go on to have a lead pastor. And it's not Mark Driscoll. Um, Do you know who was the lead pastor of Mars Hill? After a time, it was Jamie Munson. <laughs> so I'm like piecing these together. Mark does not like this idea of lead pastor, all these sorts. of, But here comes Jamie Munson. Could he be putting these ideas in Mark's ear? And then, you know, you start looking again when they're talking about this early church governance. You know who was never mentioned in sort of the early church governance meetings? Sort of when they were this leaderless church type philosophy? Jamie Munson, he wasn't there then. Um, before Jamie Munson arrives on the scene, as best I can tell, they say the elders and Mark they would lock horns regularly. You know, basically, like mm-hmm. they would go at it, and the elders would win some of these. You mm-hmm. know, they said that they were co-equals in the church.
0: Yeah, and even the elders were. I think elders and pastor was like a, the same term, the same terminology and they were in charge of policy, uh budget, doctrinal statements, ministry philosophy and a bunch of other things. So it's just kind of weird that two of them got let go just for doing their job. Yeah. Like I that just... was their job. Like they used to be able to disagree and then all of a sudden Jamie's there and it's like it's all changed. You can't disagree anymore. You're fired no warning.
1: No, and like Mark even, they mention in here that Mark even, they play the recording of Mark where he says that he even has a pastor over him. One of the other co-founders, Mark mentions Leif Moy is Mark's pastor. So like Mark Mm -hmm. doesn't even see himself in this early church as being like the the head pastor because he's saying here like, I'm under authority of somebody in this church. So this is this early idea of a, a co-equal elder led church. And then this sort of all changes sometime around the mid two thousands from what we can kind of piece together. And -hmm. you know, what also happens around the mid two thousands, you know, like in this, this is again, just me sort of piecing it together. I don't have all the information, but as far as I can tell, Jesse Bryan, the atheist media director Mm -hmm. shows up and pushes Mark to become this video star. And then also Jamie Munson, steps into his role of in like a leadership role in the church and they both sort of take on these prominent roles in the church with very close access to mark driscoll so i don't know but to me it seems at least plausible that these two men had a very negative influence mm-hmm. in mark driscoll's life and sort of led him into sort of his worst self basically. there was
0: one episode where he They talked about him starting to isolate himself and even changed his number and dismayed himself less uh, um, easy to contact. I guess Mm -hmm. like that's just weird. Like, pastor shouldn't feel like he's bothered by the church and has to like hide. I don't know what year that was, but I know that was later on.
1: Yeah, I mean, but again, if you have somebody, and this is again where we kind of get this thought of the little devil whispering in your ear that like, because Mark mentions when he resigns from the church that God told him they've laid a trap for you
2: mm-hmm.
1: and everyone is like, ah, oh, what is he talking about? But if maybe you have somebody in your ear, that's like, Hey man, like they're coming for you. They're trying to take this job because yeah, when Jamie Munson calls the meeting for Mark and him to fire this lady, Jen, the reason they call her in there is because Jen tells a couple of the elders, she says, and she doesn't say which elders. Elders'
0: wives? Or elders' wives.
1: To- and then they tell the elders, and it gets back to Mark as the story. So, but again, this just sounds so anti who Mark was. But if you try to picture, there's this little devil on your shoulder saying, like, hey, man, they said, you know, because she mentions Mike Gunn, who's no longer with the church, co founder. You need more men like Mike Gunn. So, is it just. Hey, you know, they're saying Mike Gunn should be leading this church, or like.
0: Yeah, they worded it different, I'm sure. You know, I don't know.
1: That's just the idea that we get when we're listening to this, because you're like, this Jamie Munson guy and Jesse Bryan, they show up on the scene and things start changing from the original vision of what this church was. So just very strange. And at least to us, that was kind of thoughts that we had. So we'd love to hear what you guys think about Jamie Munson and Jesse Bryan um, listening to these. Let us know if we're getting. I guess, too deep down the rabbit hole, but yeah, just some of the other points. So, so we don't focus entirely on Jamie Munson, um, some of the stuff that we had contention with, and it's kind of what Nikki had mentioned earlier. It's kind of the way that the host sort of presents everything Mark Driscoll says is a negative, even though like when we listen to it, it generally sounds either right or just perfectly normal, um, mm-hmm. things that a pastor would say. You know, for example, like Mark is discussing Rick Warren, um, and kind of Rick Warren's approach to church growth, and the host goes on to say he says, "It's not just that," and he's talking about Mark Driscoll, "Not just that he thinks he's right, he thinks, uh, er, or it's that he thinks everyone else is so wrong." And I was like,
0: that's "Saying the same thing."
1: Of course it is. <laughs> like, even Mark tells you, like, that's the whole reason he started his church is he went to these other churches and went. My God, what are they doing here? Like I'm gonna start my own church. So and that's just human nature. Like you wouldn't do something if you didn't think it was the right way to do something. Like you don't <laughs> naturally just walk around and go, Oh, what's the wrong way for me to peel this apple? That's what I'm gonna do. What's the like everything we do we think is right until somebody corrects us. So <laughs> but he makes it out to be like this negative of this super egotistical Mark Driscoll. It's
0: not egotistical.
1: It's just human nature. It's just
0: improving on on something, There's yeah, nothing wrong with that. It's most not most of us
1: would think that this seeker-sensitive, like hyper-growth strategy for church is wrong. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be so focused on growth that your church loses its like spiritual bones. Basically, mm-hmm. like we would agree with that, but it's just funny the way that it's painted. Like, yeah, he thinks he's right; everyone else is wrong. You're like, yeah, we all do that. I don't know why that's <laughs> a big deal. Like. I mean, you should be open to correction, but that's a human trait. So that, that one was pretty funny. Um, he also goes on to talk about Mark Driscoll when he's sort of discussing his discipleship. And the host sort of makes this claim, uh, again, that, you know, Driscoll is this egotistical dude. Um, and how he's sort of calling people into discipleship, but the discipleship is through joining Mars Hill, kind of. And through all this, like Mark is made to out to kind of be a person that's like twisting scripture sort of for his own gain, you know, like, Hey, if you want to, jo- you know, walk with Jesus, then you join the church and get involved in the church. And I don't see it that way at all. Like to me, again, this is a very natural thing. Like if you build a church or you're a pastor of a church, then you're going to naturally think the best place for people to be discipled is in your church. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like, if you had a big church and you're calling people to Jesus, you wouldn't be like, all right, let's get saved. And then your next step, go read Rick Warren's book. Like, (laughs) well, if that's so good, then you would bring it into your church, and that would be part of your church. Like, it's a very – if you're a pastor and you don't think the best place for discipleship is in your church, you shouldn't be a pastor anymore.
0: How weird. I just just can only shake my head. Like, I just –
1: I don't know. I just
0: don't feel like, why do I need to explain that? Like, can't everybody listening catch on to how silly that is?
1: Yeah, I mean, and they present it very well. And But when I listen to it, I'm like, that's what a pastor should think. Yeah. And, you know, Mark even does, you know, he goes on to talk about things like uh, the worst thing that can happen for a church, which we agree with. He says the worst thing for a church or a church movement is what he calls Christian consumers, Mm -hmm. which we would call most American Christians, like you're a Christian in name only. You go to church, but you don't contribute anything. You're not really looking to get involved. You just kind of show up on a Sunday. You don't pay your tithe and you know, you don't do anything. And yeah, like you should be calling people to be more than that. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to, cause he even talks in here and you were talking about this earlier. They say some of the things that Mark as a member of this church, he lays these very heavy burdens on people. You got to read this super thick book with a thousand footnotes. And then he talks about (laughs) you, if you want to get married, you have to come to this premarital counseling where they make you expose your sins. And he's like, and they'll, they might even tell you, no, they might
0: tell you you can't be married. Like, yeah. Like maybe you got some serious issues and things you got to, I don't know that God needs to work out of you, or or maybe the person you're dating, they're saying, Don't marry them. Maybe they've got the issues. And what's yeah, so like, wrong about have taking like godly
1: advice? <laughs> 60% divorce rate in this country. And the host makes it seem like these pastors would actually sit down and tell you you guys aren't right for each other. Like, and he also makes it seem weird that you would expose your sins before your pastor and your partner, but you should, right? And that's a very like. If me and Nikki sat down and I went, I have a strong tendency to be like sexually attracted to little boys, you would want to know that and be like, oh God, we, that is not, (laughs) we need to fix that before we get married. Yeah. You should probably expose that. And the pastor should say, no, you're not ready to get married.
0: Yeah. So,
1: but it's not presented that way by the host. It's presented like they're this super like invasive church that. They're going to decide what's right or what's wrong for you. But everything's
0: based on what's good for you and everything's biblical. It's not like it's their idea.
1: No. And that's the thing that's so disappointing. This early Mars Hill and most of all of what we've heard of Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill, I think is right on and super needed for this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, Mark's personality at least the way it's painted in this episode or in this show is really bad at times, but mm-hmm. he's constantly directing people to Christ. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is in this episode, they even go on to say, you know, and they're, they're talking about how Mark's making everything super egotistical and about him, but what he, like he actually is pointing people to Jesus. Cause in this whole, like come to church discipleship, he even makes note in there and he says, um, and the host kind of downplays it, but he goes on to say that if you guys do these things and you become part of this church and this movement, he's like, they're, they're going to write books about us, um, which funny enough, they wound up writing books about them. But he says they're going to write books about them because this is a place or because Jesus showed up at an unlikely place to unlikely people and did an unlikely thing. And that's exactly what happened at Mars mm-hmm. Hill. And it was life-changing for so many people. But the host again sort of makes it seem like, you know, Mark's kind of making Mars Hill out to be like Jesus almost. When to me, it seems uh, like he's pointing people to Jesus and that Jesus is the reason for this success and this movement. And if you get on board with it, yeah, then you will, you know, grow in your faith and all these sorts of things together you know, it seems like the opposite of a seeker sensitive church where they're like, Hey, just come on board. And God loves you. And let's just, you know,
2: come yeah, to your small like group. That.
1: Mark's like, Hey, come in here. It's going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you adhere to these scriptures. But if you do it, then you're going to be part of something real. And I'm like, God, I wish we could find that. Like, <laughs> because that is so desperately needed. So Man, we could go on in this episode for a long time, but is try to keep this thing relatively short. Do you have any last words, baby?
0: Yeah, I just noticed when, um, when Mark was telling the congregation that he had just fired two elders, and he said it was because they weren't, I might not be quoting it exactly, but they weren't on board with the mission. And I was thinking, well, what is the mission? The mission's always the gospel. So I don't know what he meant by that exactly. But then I noticed... At the end of this episode, uh, the host was reading a letter from um, Jesse because he didn't, Jesse didn't want to come on the show. He didn't want to be. Jesse or
1: Jamie? Jamie. Sorry,
0: Jamie. I get their names mixed up. Jamie. Thank you. Um, He didn't want to be on the show. He didn't want to be interviewed, but he did write a letter. And in that letter, he, you know, he was apologizing. Like he takes, you know, he has regrets about the way. That he handled things and and all that, but he said, um, I don't know if I I didn't write that down, but he said something to the effect of, they the elders that were fired, they were victim to the mission, and I'm like that's really weird because Mark said they were not on board with the mission, so I just wanted clarity, like what did Mark mean and what did Jamie mean by mission? Well, I can I mean- be victim to the mission. Well, and certainly the way
1: it's presented is that I think what Mark was intending was that like he was the mission getting him noticed and getting him out in front, but, and it might've been, it could have been, but I also think it's possible that if you have a church with 67 elders, that not all 67 of them are the most godly people in the world. You might have one or two. And I'm not saying these men are or were, but like, You know, they're painted it as Mark Driscoll is this really bad guy. And what Mark is saying is like, hey, there are also some elders here that just weren't on board with what we were doing. And to me, that seems logical that in a group that big, you would have one or two that might be, you know, doing something different or wanting something different than what Mm -hmm. the church direction was. So I don't know. But anyway, there's a
0: lot of uh, elders that apologize later on um, about the The whole drama with them getting fired and they have a lot of regrets so i don't know i guess we'll find out more (laughs) the next episode but there's just so many questions and
1: yeah and i was gonna say you know i'm excited about episode eight coming up but i'm not i'm more at this point i'm more leery about it um so we'll just have to see how that goes trying to have an open mind and not just go into this completely uh you know on one side of the fence here, trying to starting to stay in the middle, but I
0: think that there's people to blame on all all sides. It's not all Mark, and it's not all Jamie or anybody else. It's just
1: that I don't everybody's know. just might be all Jamie oh we'll my see goodness. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to leave this with man, choose your friends wisely, you know, I was trying to think of something that you know you could put there, but proverbs twelve two. Where it says the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Mm. I was like, man, you talking about some atheists that are involved and mm-hmm. it's not hard to see how you might get led astray. So, you know, to me, if Mark had done that, things might have been different. Who knows? Uh, that's the way I see it this far, at least. So we'll see how it goes. But that's all we got for you guys today. Love you. God bless.